1: For free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky hop the
0: world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd here. kick your ass. It's over.
2: Welcome back to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. This is Shooting the Breeze, and this week we've got a returning guest on from the main event boxing show, Jamie Albrecht. I'm glad to have you back on. I kept you censored for most of the Big Fight preview for Fury Chisora yeah. uh, because we had, we talked about house rules, but this whole Shooting the Breeze mini-series, so to speak, that we're doing on the network is all about just kind of saying what you think about what's going on in the sport at the moment and not really holding back too much, to be honest. Like, all these other shows we do are quite structured, as you know, and as our listeners know, but this isn't... This is just all about talking about really what is on your mind and it can go from one random topic to another random topic and the first two episodes we've done on that, that Luke has joined in on, it certainly bring uh, brought some thought-provoking conversations out of it and I'm hoping we'll get exactly the same here. So welcome back and the floor you. is yours to start with. Right,
3: well uh if you were last week, uh my esteemed esteemed host there was, it was kind enough to let me in and um all right, let's start with the the model of boxing. What what's so wrong with boxing and promoters and all shit like that. How do we solve that problem? Well Talking about the, the Arabs, um, for want of a better phrase, I'm trying to be... I'll, I'll just say, I'll say Arabs, because everyone there's all this sports washing going on. Uh, sports washing, trying to make themselves look good with a sport. But the way that they can make boxing look good is all these people putting their money, well, brand in their pocket, buying out every single, you know, the floundering app, the zone, buy out all the fighters reimburse um, Blavatnik, who spent a shitload of money on basically what, what looks to be a, a, um, an app that's going down like a one-legged man doing the okey-cokey, buy out all the fucking contracts, bring it all in-house, and then anyone who doesn't want to fight each other, um, tell them to go fuck themselves. You know what I mean? You ain't got a career then, have you? Um, and um, we won't be getting shit like Derechisora and Tyson Fury this weekend. Then we'll be getting quality fights uh, because there'll be what you, what, quality control.
2: Yeah, quality control. let have an
3: Arabic day white at the top. You know <laughs>
2: what I mean. Quality control and damage control. Like you need you need quality match cards. Quality match cards are the way forward. Like it doesn't matter to me if the guys are four, five, and zero. And they're at a very sort of early stage of the career. But it what's important to me is that they're being matched properly and I understand because I understand the background and why we do get prospect versus journeyman. It is all about, you know, putting these learning curves into place for, for some of the fans that need subject. it. Well, they need they need they need it. Some of them need it. But then I also think some of them don't need it. Like some of them that come into the sport with, you know, all this experience like, well, no, you know, I'm getting a bit sort of all, all, all over the show with it. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Fabio Wardley, for example, recently. Very, very limited amateur experience. He's gone 15 fights in now, and he's the British heavyweight champion. No amateur experience.
3: Do you know what no I mean? No amateur experience. He's white-collar amateur. It's not. It's, it's a step-down for unlicensed. There's no amateur experience there. Some fat bloke working in an office can fight against some thin bloke who's done a bit of cardio. Do you know what I mean? It's not even that. So, you know.
2: So what do you, what do you what do you think then about like the quality sort of match cards? Do, do you think it needs to be, uh, completely just fifty fifties, or or is it unfeasible? To,
3: we, that's what we need. Like, I see only bring like Americans don't have that. Club fighters are there. Mediums, a few different shows where they're talking about American club fighters. They come and really try. They're not just there giving them a bit of a run out. You know what I mean, um, and I, I think that's the problem. And it builds up a false sense of confidence, as so to speak, the guy that's twenty and oh because he's thinking, "Oh, beaten nineteen journeyman, um, I'm the dog's bollock." And they stepped up. What happened?
2: You know what I mean? Do you know who that? Do you know who that happened with uh, locally? That happened with Alpha Barrett. When Zelfa Barrett, Zelfa Barrett got to Ronnie Clark, he'd what fought about eighteen, nineteen fights when he got to Ronnie Clark, and pretty much all of his prior fights to Ronnie Clark were journeymen. And I personally don't think this is just my opinion. I don't think he'd had that that test, that level of step up. And I, just, I don't think he'd got through any gears in the fights. And when he come up against somebody who had a, a number of sort of levels within their within, within their game throughout the course of a twelve round fight, he he. He showed him up a little bit in that fight, but it was the perfect yeah. learning curve for him because look where he got to off the back of that loss. Look at the fights he's been involved in. You know, Kiko Martinez and obviously Rakimov quite recently, you know, very unfortunate in the, in the Rakimov fight. He was doing so well. So, so, so to me, to me, Jamie, I don't like to see a fighter being, as they call it, nurtured, all the way up to sort of like 15, 20 fights in, because they, they need they, they, they need to have that level of, of test, you know, after every few fights, for me personally. It's boring. Can... It, it is boring, boring as
3: well. And to me, I think, yeah, it's sustained small boxing. But, you know, you've done commentary, haven't you, Sean? Much yeah. like I have, right? You try and commentate on a fucking six-fight card, journeyman against home fighter, You've got nothing to say, it's not a challenge. It's like I don't even need to watch, I know what's gonna happen. Do you know what I mean? So you're the paying public, what you just play you might as well pay to watch a fighter at a heavy bag. They're not really learning much from it, they're just learning to throw the shots. Do you know what I mean? And if you can't throw a punch you shouldn't be in a ring, simple as that maybe I'm being
2: hard no no you know I've I've commentated on more exciting fights doing white collar charity shows than I have done on actual genuine local local shows because you know you, you know you know it's going to be unpredictable. Whereas, like you just said there, rightly pointed out, when you get prospect versus journeyman, six out of seven fights on the card, you know exactly what you're going to get. You've got to try and talk your way through <laughs> these fights. You've got to try and make it appealing to the people listening. That I'm you know what was that? exactly, exactly. And the people are like. It's, it's a hard job to do. It's a hard job to do because you've got to try and make them shit fights appealing and them shit yeah. fights are not appealing. That that that's and me And i tell is, you what,
3: if you, if, if you are a commentator, you're a fledgling commentator and you haven't had the experience of commentating on a on a 50-50, you ain't really going to know what to do. Like I'll give you an example. Me and Barks, and I don't know if Bobby Rimmel was with us at the time, we commentated on one of the best small hall show fights I've ever seen. Uh, Diego Costa against Greg O'Neill, who um, Ben Ben Whitaker fought in his last fight, um, and it was a fucking barnstormer. But because I wasn't used to like concentrating and commentating on a competitive fight, I got sucked into the fight itself, and I was like, "You you listen to me commentary, and I'm just like, whoa, well, I'm not actually giving any analysis. You know <laughs> what I mean? So you know, I mean, from a from a spectator's point of view. Um, I mean, it, it's good, but they're, they're few and far between. Scrap them. You, you don't need. You don't need a, fight, a fucking having I mean, 20, 20 no-mark fight. I mean, it's vastly different. But look, look at Lomachenko. You know yeah. what I mean? It'd encourage growth of the amateur game if we got rid of um, if we got rid of these journeymen because you'd need extensive amateur experience to, to go in there and, and do your best at pro level
2: but then the argument will be from other people will be like, you always hear this cliche saying journeymen are kind of the backbone of the sport. And and, and I suppose to a degree, you can agree with that to a degree, but then obviously on the flip side of it, like the flip side of it, some journeymen, some journeymen. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. Some journeymen, but you, you know, like when you've watched these guys, you know, they're getting paid a set amount of money to fight this guy and they don't have to do anything they just have to literally survive for four six eight rounds however many it's scheduled yeah. for and, and they get a set fee for it
3: yeah I'm, I, I've no I, if you're going to come and actually fight I ain't got a problem with um I ain't got a problem with journeyman like William Walburton, Um who, who was the other fellow who used to, box at, uh, used to box at Northside
2: Curtis Gagano
3: no, not Curtis Gugano. I like Curtis, but Curtis wasn't... He wasn't the best, was he? Bless him. Um, I can't remember. Is that Jamie something or other?
2: Oh, Jamie Quinn.
3: Yeah, Jamie Quinn. There are certain journeymen, and I keep using quote marks, but who, who will come and have a fucking round. And they'll make you... You know, they hit you because you've hit them. They'll work you back. And those, those are the journeymen we need, you know what I mean? To really test the metal. But people like... and. You know, it weren't Christian Lake's fault. Christian Lake could fight as well, but he was just doing as he was told. Um you know, just backpedal and all that. What 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 is a fighter actually getting from that? They're not having their chin tested. Alright, it's just to test the cardio. Do you know what I mean?
2: But does that that's where I think boxing then becomes more about trying to build a certain fighter's brand and trying to build them up and hype them up to the point where the promoter eventually is going to make some good money off this guy because he, say, has 10 to 15 wins on his record, albeit against opposition that are not really, have been testing him. And then what happens then is then they get into a tough fight. They might lose the fight spectacularly, or they might lose on points. That promoter then looks at that fighter and goes, you know what? You ain't shit to me anymore. I'm done with no, you. Exactly. But, and that's what that's what the problem is with that side of the sport is like it's all well and good the promoters building the fighter up to a certain point and then staying with them if they do lose in an acid test fight. But it's it's what happens more often than not, from my experience since being around the back ends of the sport is like you'll get a fighter, you'll get to a certain level, you'll do loads of tickets, you'll do loads of promotion. Make some healing. Nathan, Nathan Heaney. Heaney, yeah, perfect example. He's
3: what, what... a lovely bloke, Nathan Heaney. Um, I know someone who, who knows him personally uh, because I got involved in wheelchair boxing uh, quite a while ago, and his dad, before he passed away, was quite heavily involved in sort of the wheelchair boxing side of things. And he's a lovely fella, but you know, you watch you watch Frank Warren drop him when he, you know, when he loses.
2: Frank Warren does that anyway. Frank Warren, Frank Warren and Eddie Heard have both done that to fighters before. Like, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As soon as that sort of value aspect of, of them as a fighter has, has kind of gone in their eyes as a promoter... They're on the scrap heap straight away, and then they're having to fight back on the small hall shows to, to potentially never get another TV show again. So it, it's that side like of race it. Horses, aren't they? Yeah, it's that side. Well, they like they're like um, race horses, greyhound racing. You know, you can kind of make that comparison as well. Like, you know, if something goes wrong with them, it's like, you know, you're going to put them out the back and shoot them down. And it's, it's a harsh comparison. <laughs> it's a harsh comparison to make. I know. I get it. But. The it's point relevant of, mode. It is, and that's what I'm trying to make. The part I'm trying to make is like we're talking about journeymen We're having this whole conversation about like how, how certain journeymen are good for the sport, and certain journeymen are not really doing what they need to do for these fighters that are getting found out. Because when these fighters are getting found out, it's the promoters that are then saying, "No, we don't want nothing to do with you anymore." So instead, yeah. we'll just move on to to the next person, and and it's 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 well, a horrible circle. A does the
3: problem lie with the promoters then? Because if a journeyman does try, they're not fucking used again, are they?
2: Yeah, there you go. That's I've a... just
3: gone back on my own point. i contradicted myself a lot <laughs> in the last show as well. But but yeah, again though, we're going back to this, and it's a end. What's the word? Yeah, it's like a pandemic, really. The problem, the problem ain't the fighters. The problem is the fucking promoters, and that's the problem with boxing. Uh, we talk about it a lot on the Main Event Boxing Show. Like and subscribe, everyone. You know what I mean. Um, But we do. At the mo, the problem with boxing is, right? I don't watch a lot of UFC or mixed martial arts. But what I do know is, mixed martial arts is about the fighters. Boxing nowadays is about the promoters. Eddie Hearn sat there, looking like fucking. um, I don't know if you've seen that show with uh, that show, White Gold.
2: No, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. But make a comparison. Another comparison that I can that I can think of.
3: Double glazing Well, no, it's about double glazing salesman. You need to watch it. And there's a geezer in it called Vincent Swan. And he's he's a fucking spit of Eddie Hearn. He's in love with himself and all that. Uh, I suppose the only other person you could sort of compare him to is maybe Del Boy, really. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But but what I'm the point I'm trying to make, and I'm going around the houses, is boxing isn't about the fighters anymore. Boxing's about the promoters. It's about fucking views. It's, and it's ironic because we're sat on a boxing podcast now hopefully garnering views, but, you know, we're passionate about the sport and driving it forward. I don't want to see Coogan Cassius sat with Eddie Hearn making excuses, telling lies about Conor Ben, because that's what it is, it's blatant fucking lies. Oh, he's, uh, he's innocent until proven guilty. No, he's not. He's guilty until proven innocent, you know what I mean? And the whole the whole news story, it all become about Eddie Hearn and it become about Calis Sourland It wasn't about the fighter. It, it, it ceased to become about Chris Eubank. It should have been about Chris Eubank being the fighter, all of that stuff the other week.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday,
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No um, purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: But, you know, we need to get rid of these fucking promoters. You know, your job as a promoter is to get bums on seats. And then the fighters take over. But, you know, match room and, and all that. They're, 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 the, they're the, the people we're seeing on screen all the time. And it's, it's wrong. Sorry for ranting.
2: No, you don't apologize for ranting. That's the whole point. It's the whole point. Like... I'm thinking back to the 90s, like, when I first started really consuming boxing as, as as a young a young lad growing up. And I remember, like, obviously, we didn't have the technology we did now, and we didn't have the outlets we do now, as in, you know, for promoters to put their shit out there. But yeah. how much more simpler was it when you didn't have a promoter every single day of the week or you know maybe even twice three times a week on a different outlet saying completely different things contradicting everything they've just said or completely barefaced lying about the fact that certain things have happened or just a missing details or or adding details on like wasn't it such a simpler time when all you'd see from a promoter is maybe at the end of a fight when they'd ask for the opinion of the promoter was it a good fight Who's he going to fight next? That was good exactly. enough for me. Now it's just like the promoters are way too involved at the forefront. They should be the guys in the background pulling the strings, making things happen financially, making them bums too go on access. seats.
3: Yeah, We've got yeah. too much access to them. Um, and whilst that's a good thing, maybe for for promotion of the show is the key word. It's also a bad thing because we're being fed a constant daily diet of bullshit. But we get, and we, because these promoters are liars, they're creating the stories... And they're on camera all the time.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, As no, well. I, do. I do. I do. I do get it. I, I mean, some people might just completely disagree with what we're saying and say, well, that's just bullshit. If it wasn't for social media, YouTube, everything else that, that has allowed us to facilitate what we're doing now, it, it wouldn't have been able to help promote the fighters by the promoters going out there and selling it. Like Eddie Hearn, you know, selling sand to the Arabs. That is a man who could do that. Yeah. Because of who he is and what he says. So it's hard. Do you like it because it, it it helps promote the fights? Is it really promoting the fights, or do you dislike it because actually, it's doing more harm than it is doing good?
3: I don't mind. I wouldn't mind the promoters being on TV so much if they weren't telling so many lies. I've had my fill of Eddie Hearn over the last couple of weeks, um, and you know he's a very divisive character. But someone like Simon Jordan. Who's been begging Eddie Hearn to go on Talksport and have a chat with him, and then Eddie Hearn's like, "Oh, I've been on Talksport. You went on Talksport with fucking Laura Woods, who is your employee at the zone. You know what I mean? You're yellow. You're you're scared of being asked tough questions. I wouldn't mind seeing Eddie's face on screen if he had a bit more integrity, but he doesn't. He doesn't. And then and then we have the whole like. And you know what's rich? And I've seen you've mentioned this recently." You know, we've got Eddie, Eddie Hearn there telling all these lies, and then you've got Frank Warren laughing at him. And then we find out about uh, Zolani Tete. And <laughs> apparently, Queensbury know nothing about the Zolani Tete debacle, while we know nothing about the drugs test. So uh, that's fucking convenient, isn't it? It's just rotten to the core. Get rid of them all.
2: Yeah, but then people will say, well, hang on a minute. Well, without them, we wouldn't have what we've got. I, I don't.
3: Yeah, but what have we got? What have we got? We've got a toffee apple with a rotten core. Because he yeah. looks nice on the outside, you get in the middle of it, like Daniel Dubois not getting paid. He's, he's potential and you're not going to risk your life against Trevor Bryan, are you? But, I mean, <laughs> potentially, potentially, like, it's right to the fucking core. It's, you know, and that, that's the thing. You used the phrase before, um, you used the phrase before, Sean, you know, when we used to consume boxing when we were kids, right? The problem is we're still involved with this sport, even when it's wrong and it pisses off because boxing eventually consumes you.
2: Yeah. And that's the only
3: reason sometimes. I I sit there sometimes and I think, what am I watching this fucking sport for? You know what I mean?
2: That's when you get... It's consumed me. Yeah, well, it has, hasn't it? Because we wouldn't be doing this now. We wouldn't be doing this now. And I wouldn't be doing the stuff that I've done previously and all the shows that I do if I didn't... I wasn't consumed by it. But I like to think, like, I'm consumed by the elements of it now, nowadays, that I want to be consumed by, or I want to consume. Okay. So, like, we focus a lot on the history of the sport and telling stories that need to be either retold or told in a greater detail. And I I, I love doing that because I think it, it brings a better light to the sport. It gives people that didn't know certain elements of the sport from yesteryear what these moments and and this part of history was like. And then when we do the sport, the history of the sport, me and Johnston find ourselves like actually then detesting what we have now because we think... This is just yeah. shit. This is bullshit. Like, yeah. why can't it be like what it was once like? I agree that a lot of things have changed for the better in some ways, but then the whole principle of what this sport was all about from its inception is completely a million miles away from from the principles and the art form of what this sport is all about. And it's yeah. people, people say boxing now is a business. Like, that's another saying that pisses people off a lot. Well, boxing's a business. Well, no, it's not a business. It's a sport. But there's too many yeah. business elements involved in, in this sport now, which has made it corrupt. corrupt doesn't, f- Go on. Doesn't the word sport,
3: um, you know, by definition sort of mean merriment? It means, you know, oh, well, we're doing something for sport. We're doing it because, like, it makes us happy and all that. Well, it's, it's not a sport then, is it? Because it, boxing makes you fucking miserable most of the time. <laughs> it chews you up and it spits you out. So, no, it's not a sport. It's a business.
2: It's become more like a a metaphorical sausage, and the boxes are the sausages. (laughs) They are. They, They get thrown in like the meat butchers and they come out like a sausage and they choose whether the promoters choose whether to throw a bad sausage away or whether to keep it and sell it on on the counter on the front and, and that's that's my metaphor of the day is uh, comparing boxes to the sausages from a sausage machine but uh, I think people kind of get the gist of what I'm trying to say is like this is kind of what the business does to people it, like, it, like mm-hmm. you said it does chew them up and it does spit them out and if you're lucky you walk away <laughs> with money you walk away with your faculties intact and you, you you know you get through it but then there's a hell of a lot of people that don't or don't make it oh, or yeah. don't get through it and then you know you'll you, you don't hear from them you don't hear about them or if you do hear about them it's because they've fallen on hard times and and that's oh, yeah. part and parcel of what we're talking about about how it's rotten to the core and how how people get dropped and get forgotten about or get ridiculed from the sport whatever it is there's a lot of things that from the foundations of this sport are are rotten, and it's like a a plant or a tree that needs to be sort of ripped out from the ground and just started again, and and start planting them seeds again of what the future can actually bring. Mm-hmm. That, it needs that. It needs that. But are we ever gonna really get it?
3: No, not unless the well, in this country, not unless the government step in as well. They need to get rid of that fucking British boxing border control. Uh, Robert Smith's due to step down soon, but it will just go to somebody else. Well, I, I think he's due to step down. I've seen it in some quarters. it um, will just go to one of his pals and all that. You know what I mean? Apparently, us in fans, people like me and you, we don't know what we're on about when, <laughs> when we have an opinion. So what the fuck are we doing? You know, and again, I, I mean, we're labouring the point, but yeah, it's... That, that That's the problem. The British Boxing Border Control as well in this country aren't fit for purpose. They can't impose fines because they're not, um, well, they, they can't impose like any, any real sanctions because they're not big enough. You know, they're, they're like a voluntary organisation, really. Um, the government needs to step in and, and ironically, the, our dirty government <laughs> needs to step in and clean up this sport a little bit. You know what I mean? Is the
2: only well, way we're going to see change? It, well, uh, you've just said it right there, isn't it? Like, going going off tangent from the sport, the government, as we know, is just absolutely messed up at the moment and it's messing up the, the country and, and the way people are having to really struggle. And if that can't be sorted out at that level, then, you know, there's no real hope for the sport. But what it does raise is an interesting point when you mention the British boxing book. Ian John Lewis. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Ian John Lewis's name because, you know, he's a uh, former... Yeah, he's a-star referee, had some controversial cards, decisions, people, you know, not so um, not so friendly on him after certain sort of events that have happened in the past 12 months. However, he made the decision to walk away from the British Boxing Border Control and go to the BIBA, the British and Irish Boxing Authority. Yep. Why has he done that? And I'm hearing a lot of rumours that he's done it because there are things that have not been said or maybe can't be said for legal reasons that have happened within the British Boxing Border Control that apparently he wasn't so struck on, I wasn't so keen on, I wasn't really happy with. And he made that decision to walk away from the British and B- British Boxing Border Control to the go to go to the BIBA, who are like basically completely frowned upon by the British Boxing Border Control because they are seen as a sort of direct competitor or threat to, to, to what the uh to what the British Boxing in border control are doing so when mm. people like that move away from something they've done for so long it's like going into a job it's like being in a job for so long and realizing how corrupt or, or rotten you know the 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 employee or the the company is that that you're working for and then realizing and then going actually you know what we need to we need to look at what else is out there for us and we need to see what they can offer the thing is with uh, Ian John Lewis, so I don't
3: think that it, it was done in completely sort of good faith, if you know what I mean. I think he only left because it's like that kid saying to his mum and dad, I'm leaving home because you told me off. <laughs> so he, he's like, how dare you? How dare you? Fat Terry. And like I should stop using the word fat. I'm quite rotund myself. But that useless, that useless twat Terry O'Connor kept his job and he's even worse than Ian John Lewis. So I reckon Ian John Lewis has gone well. I use the term fat tell because I listen to Boxing Asylum, that's another podcast and they, they mention it all the time. You know, if he's if he's still got his job and he's worse than me, fuck you, I'm going somewhere else.
2: It's a good point. It is a good point. I, I, I just Basically. hear it. I hear other things. I hear other things on the grapevine, from 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 people, and they're only rumours. Of course, they're only rumours. It could be no truth to them. It could be all bullshit. But you know, you start to hear a few rumblings about like people moving around in in the background of the sport, and and sort of they're scared to say things at risk of of being sued by yep. the British Boxing Board of Control. And I get that, and I understand that. But then that all that just to me as a person is make me think. What are you covering up? Why don't you want people uh, yeah. to talk about it?
3: I wouldn't worry about being sued by the British Boxing World of Control. They couldn't even, they couldn't even fight um, for what was right, like with the the Tyson Fury situation, like like years ago. And well, no, not not Tyson Fury, like the Conor Ben situation. You know what I mean? They're just, oh, they're just letting him relinquish things. It'll be all right. And, Connor Ben will have an Australian licence soon or he'll have a Spanish licence and, and nothing will be done about it. So, you know, that's a completely toothless organisation, so I wouldn't worry about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, if uh, Johnston normally on the show, he certainly doesn't hold anything back about his thoughts about certain people and individuals. And, you know, to be no. fair, at the end of the day, you've got... You've got your own opinion your own freedom of speech when it comes down to it and, and and that's the kind of whole point of doing these shows really you've got to say well, what you think
3: yeah I mean that's the point I want to make all opinions of my own so don't be having to go <laughs> show all the, slagging them off in the street you know if you've got a problem with me come and, come and find me
2: I think most of the people that consume this show, Jamie, are people that are very like-minded boxing fans that kind of understand certain elements of this sport. uh, And and what we bring is obviously a different opinion and perspective of what we see it as, what we perceive things as. And I think we we all kind of a lot of us do sing from the same hymn sheet when it comes down to certain elements of this sport and this whole episode this whole episode that we've covered uh, a lot of it sort of started from talking about like building up padded records journeymen promoters throwing boxers out in the trash can the sausage machine uh, obviously british boxing border control drugs testing you know there's a lot of topics there to to kind of digest and really think about and you know for everybody listening to the show If you've got any thoughts and feelings on any of that, then you know what to do. You know, just to drop us a a comment. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop us a comment below. If you're listening via any of the podcasting apps, then obviously you can leave us a comment on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or even TikTok, because we do put the audiograms on TikTok as well, at BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. It is always great to engage with other like-minded boxing fans, because, you know... Well, whilst whilst you do get people that are genuinely wanting to give a legit opinion, you know, there are some guys out there that will absolutely give you uh, some hilarious takes. So uh, whichever one it may be, I'm open to any of it because it is is all good fun. It's all good fun and we enjoy this sport and we love it and, you know, we might moan about it from time to time or more often than not. But it's because we want to see a change for the better in this sport. Uh, Jamie, any final yeah. thoughts before we end this episode of Shooting the Breeze?
3: No, I just want to. Uh, I want to thank you for like letting me loose. Do you know what I mean? And if uh, and again, I know I keep plugging it, but you know it's important to me that we continue the debate. So please um, come over to our channel as well. Main event boxing show. We run our show between 8 and 9 every Monday night and you're going to get a lot more a lot more from me. Um, plus, uh, Bobby Rimmer's not backwards and coming forwards either. And Barks keeps us together, he's the glue, you know what I mean? But, yeah, we're, we're not shy on our opinions, so if you need to see a bit more of that, then uh, come and join us
2: absolutely I couldn't have said it better myself main event boxing show find them on YouTube you'll be able to get all the reactions to everything that goes on over the weekend and of course you've got Bobby Rimmer there and anybody who knows boxing knows Bobby Rimmer and and what he's done and what he's been involved in not just in boxing but of course training UFC fighters as well so it will be really really interesting to to listen to some of the other perspectives that Barks and Bobby Rimmer have so if you're listening to this show you like what we do you've liked hearing what Jamie's all about please head over to main event boxing on youtube and subscribe and watch their shows on a weekly basis well that's it yeah, for our you. show that's it for our show thank you Jamie thank you for coming on and a big thank thanks to hope. big thanks to everybody listening and you know what to do you know where to find us and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of shooting the breeze <laughs>
0: Network.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chompakasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday.